0: Well, hey there! Thanks so much for joining us on the Hope Fellowship Church podcast. If these messages have blessed your life, go ahead and subscribe by clicking the subscribe button inside the podcast app. And if your life has been impacted by this ministry, would you consider supporting it financially so that we can continue to love God, love people, and prove it? You can give by visiting hope615.com/give. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you are blessed through today's message. If uh, if you're here today and you know Jesus Christ to be the Savior and the Lord of your life, then then you're on a journey, right? You're on that journey. For some of you, listen to me, that journey started a long time ago. Depending on how old you are, you could have been on this journey for 20, 30, 40, even 50 years. For others of you in this room, you haven't been on this journey long at all. You still feel like it's very brand new. That's the majority of people in the room today, but there's another category of people who are here in this lovely gymnasium today. I like this place, kind of getting used to it. But there's a group of you who are in this category, you're realizing that God is drawing you to himself. And something's been happening in the past few days or even in the past few weeks or the past few months of your life. And and maybe it is the first time ever that you're like, wow, wow. So I think God perhaps is real. I'm believing what I'm reading and learning about his son, Jesus Christ, who's going to offer me hope and forgiveness and a new way of living. And so if you're in this category, we're super excited that you're here because here's what that means. It it means God is drawing you, I think, to himself. Don't resist that. Stay in that. Stay stay engaged in what God is doing as he draws you toward himself. So we've got these three categories of people. People who have been on this journey for a long time, people who are brand new, people who are just as means to follow God. And so in light of that, what I really want to talk about today is something I've noticed many, many years ago. That for a lot of people... Something seems to happen in most all followers of Jesus Christ at some point. You you may go through highs and lows, ups and downs in your relationship with the Lord. And I believe what I'm going to talk about today, it's not for everyone in this room, but I think it's for most of us in this room. Maybe not for everyone, but definitely for most of us. Here's what I want you to realize. If we were to go to the New Testament book of Acts today, Acts chapter 2, listen to me. It is crystal clear what the New Testament church looked like related to significance, the significance of prayer in the local church. Look at what Acts chapter 2 verse 42 says. And the believers, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and there it is, and to prayer. They devoted themselves to this. In fact, if we were to read that whole book, you would see that they were so serious about this. They gathered together to do this every day, every day. And so in light of that, I wonder, I'm I'm curious to know if I'm out here on a limb by myself, if you can relate. I wonder if you would agree with me that the majority of Christians in the United States today, could it be that we have become distracted when it comes to prayer? What do you think? Have we as a Christian people in the United States become distracted when it comes to prayer? What do you think? Do you agree? I see a few nods. I see some of you like, I'm I'm not sure. How should I answer this question? Come on, think about it. How many of you have intentionally tried to start to pray and you're like 10 seconds into it and you get the little ding. And what are you going to do? Are you going to turn it off? You're going to keep praying? Or you're going to look at that alert? Because my goodness, it could be something really serious. And how funny is it that while my phone is on vibrate, just when I'm talking about this, I just got the text alert of attendance for the day. So every week, somebody behind the scenes is counting. How many children? How many people? And so that, see, it happens. Back to And I believe, here's what I believe: I believe that deep down inside of us, something else is playing out. I got to go to a conference this week. Some of my friends in this room probably heard this same thing said at the conference. I think we're struggling with something that for many of us, we're trying to figure out how to be enough. How do I live my life to be enough? But I would say most of us in this room, we're chasing chasing after the wrong kind of enough. Here's what I'm talking about. We often think, friends, man, if we could just get everything right. If we could get everything right, then we'll be satisfied. So here's what we believe. We believe if we could only earn enough money, oh, then it would be good. Amen? Yeah. If we could get physically fit enough, then, then it'll be really good. If we could just diet enough, oh man, yes, if I could just diet enough. If we could be enough for our spouse, if we could be enough for our kids, if we could be enough for our parents, if in my business or in my career, if I could only be enough. And here's here's the simple point I want to make. We're on this journey looking for enoughness. I don't even know if that's a word. Enoughness. So my question is this, is it possible, listen to me, that we have forgotten that the gospel is enough? Is it possible that we have forgotten that Jesus Christ is enough? Is that possible? Timothy Keller, who is a pastor and a writer, written several books, in his book called Prayer, Experiencing Awe and Intimacy with God, look what he says about prayer. To pray is to accept that we are and always will be wholly dependent on God for everything. Yet it's almost if many believers have decided we don't have to be dependent on God for anything until we get into some kind of a crisis. And then when the crisis comes, then the prayer life's going to ramp up. And so think with me about these things. Now, today in talking about, I really believe it would be wrong of me as your pastor, if I didn't ask you to look with me at how Jesus taught his disciples to pray. You got to go there. How did Jesus teach the disciples to pray? We call it the Lord's Prayer. It's recorded in the book of Matthew chapter six. It's also recorded in uh, the gospel of Luke chapter 11. We're going to start with a Matthew text, but I'm going to pick out some verses from each of these. Look with me, Matthew chapter 6, 5 through 8. This is what Jesus says right before he goes into his example of the Lord's Prayer, the model prayer. And there, there are three quick things I want to point out from this. Look, look with me. And when you pray, Jesus says, he's about to give him the Lord's Prayer, but he says, hold on, before that, when you pray, he says, don't be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Jesus says, truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. And so what was so common that's not so common today? There were specific times of the day that the Pharisees, that the religious leaders, they would pray at certain times. And so they would oftentimes, you know, to make themselves even look more important, if they were out and about, if they were on their way to Starbucks or the grocery store or whatever they were doing, oh my goodness, it's prayer time. So they would just stop on the street corner and begin to eloquently, verbally, loudly, share their prayers. And Jesus says, no, it's not how it's supposed to work. He says, instead instead of being like those guys, be like this. He says, verse six, but when you pray, Instead, Jesus says, I want you to go into your room. And I want you to close the door, and and I want you to pray to your Father who's unseen. Then, your Father who sees what is done in secret, it's then that He will reward you. Verse seven, and when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. You know that person. It's like, man, are you trying to set the record for praying the world's longest prayer? And Jesus says, don't be like that. Do not be like them. He says, for your father, please receive this. Your heavenly, Jesus says, knows what you need before you even ask him. Three quick truths from these four verses. Number one, it clearly says in Scripture, this is from Jesus, our prayers are not to be for show. We're not to be showing off. Oh, look at me. Listen to the way I can pray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like that. But instead, it's to help us grow in intimacy with our Father. A a truth from this text, the second truth I see here, is you need to find a private place to pray. We sometimes talk about takeaways in sermon. I think this could be a takeaway for many of you today. Do you have a private place to pray? Before we moved to Tennessee, God allowed us to serve at a church in Crossit, Arkansas for three years, way down in the southeastern corner of the state. It was my first time to live in a small town in Shauna and I absolutely loved it. It It was the deal where, you know, you could go to the Friday night football game, And like the whole town was there, everybody. It was a beautiful thing. And so while we were there at First Baptist Cross, serving in that church, they had a, uh, they called it their intercessory prayer ministry. And they had actually designated a private room in the church that was the prayer room. And they actually had a dedicated phone line in there back in the days of, you know, like landlines. And you could call the church number and I don't, remember, I don't remember the prefix, but I do remember the last four numbers was P-R-A-Y. How cool is that? Okay, And uh, so, you know, they tr- here was the goal. The goal was for every hour of the day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, for someone from that congregation to be in the prayer room. I don't think we ever accomplished that goal. But at the same time, I bet you we got three-fourths of the way there. And I will never forget, my time was Thursday nights. It was either 9 o'clock to 10 o'clock or 10 to 11. You took an hour. And I think that was probably the first time in my life where it all came together for me, for me to realize what this scripture is talking about. Go into your prayer closet. Go into this private place And some of the most beautiful memories I have were because there was a designated place. I knew exactly what I was there to do. There were prayer requests written down. There were praises written down. I got to go in and see if the old school answering machine was flashing, you know, with like somebody just calling in a prayer request. It was a beautiful thing. You need to find a private place today. And then a third truth from this text, man, gigantic, we're praying to someone who knows our prayers before we even say them. Now, now, think with me about this. Some of you are worried that you are going to mess up the way you say your prayers. Really? <laughs> this completely takes all the pressure off. God already knows what you're going to say to him in your prayers. He knows. Now, I will say this too. Some of you read that and you're like, whoa, hold on a second. It might cause you to say, well, if God already knows what I'm gonna pray, what's the point? Why should I pray anyway if he already knows what I'm going to say? And I would answer that very simplistically perhaps. I would just say we pray because Jesus teaches us to pray. He prayed, he modeled it to us and he told us how we should pray. So how should we then pray? Look with me at the Lord's Prayer. Now we'll look at Matthew 6, beginning of verse 9. Then this, Jesus says, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And let me just take a time out. I realize I'm reading today from the NIV. If you were taught this prayer as a child, you probably memorized it in good old King James. Okay, King Jimmy. So that's all good, but you might, well, why is it not right? That's not the way I pray. It's okay. It's just a different translation. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. That means forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from the evil one. And so what I want to do this morning and the rest of the time we have together, I want to give you an acrostic of how to prompt yourself daily to begin to pray. This is exactly how Jesus tells us to pray. And here's what I'd say too, if you think about this, there's nothing wrong with memorizing the Lord's prayer and praying that, but here's the warning I would give you. If every day of your life, all you're deciding the Lord's Prayer word for word like you've memorized it, for many of us, it will turn into repetition. And sometimes in speaking repetitive things, our mind goes into other places and it can become somewhat of a thoughtless, mindless, we're not thinking about the significance of what we're praying. Think about how you prayed as a child. Let's, let's all participate. I'm going to ask you to fill in the rest of the prayer. Are you ready? If you're ready, say, I'm ready. Okay, just making sure. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake. There you go. And you pray that prayer hundreds, if not thousands of times as a child. Man, your mom was impressed with how good you got at that prayer. Or what about this one? Usually said this at the dinner table. God is great. God is good. We thank you, Father, for our food. So, so here's my point. When you say that exact same prayer over and over again at some point, when you can recite that prayer without even really thinking about it, it becomes more of a ritual than it is a conversation between you and your heavenly Father. And so the word I'm going to use, no shocker here, as the acrostic is the word pray, P-R-A-Y, P-R-A-Y. Some of these thoughts I borrowed from this guy who he kind of, he kind of is a good preacher. Uh, his name is David Platt. don't know if you've heard of him. He, he's kind of good. But uh, God's using him in a mighty way. He preaches with such clarity and truth from God's word. So Platt would say this, if you're going to use this acrostic, and I don't even know, this probably been around for years, even before him. He would say, first of all, he would encourage you to start with praise. Praise. Start your prayer time every day praising God. Father in heaven, holy is your name. Hallowed be your name, heavenly Father. God, I praise you for your holiness. I praise you for who you are. I praise you because you're the creator of the universe. I praise you because I'm invited to have this conversation with you right now. Sometimes we overlook the things to praise him about. God, I praise you. Think about this. Jesus says to start off calling him "father." If you begin to run what that word means in the original translation, it means you have been invited to come and call out to your Father, which can be interpreted as "daddy." "Daddy." Daddy, I come before you today to pray. That's significant. Now, I don't know why it's not in Matthew, but it's in Luke, the Luke account of the Lord's prayer. What happens in Luke chapter 11, after Jesus, begins to describe, here's how I want you to say the prayer. Here's how I want you to pray. In the Luke account, Jesus starts teaching a parable and gives even more examples. Listen to me to the disciples, to how to pray. I want to show you how Jesus is trying to help the disciples understand the point of what it means to cry out, Father, Daddy. In Luke chapter 11, beginning in verse 11, Jesus asked this question, hey guys, hey disciples, which of you fathers, if your son comes up to you and asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he were to ask you for an egg, you're going to give him a scorpion? This is what Jesus is saying in the same lesson he's giving the disciples about how to pray. Look what Jesus says. If you then, though you are evil, ouch, ouch, I'm that guy. Even though you're evil, you know how to give good gifts to your children. Jesus says, in light of all that, how much more Will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to all of those who ask, to all of those who come to him, who all of those come and pray? And so think about the truth of this. Apply it to your life now. Some of you in this room are parents. Some of you in this room are grandparents. I promise you, I know how to give good gifts to my children and my grandchildren. I don't know who started this tradition in our household, but by golly, my wife's already passing it off to my granddaughter, Shiloh. We get that Target toy catalog in the mail. You know, it used to be the Sears catalog. But now I've already got it. I've already got the Christmas toy catalog from Target. And Shiloh sees it laying on the table. Well, what's this? Oh, it's just, you know, catalog, pictures, of a bunch of toys. Look at it? Yeah, Shiloh, you can. Well, well, well what, can I have one of these? And Shauna says, oh, honey, let me give you a pen. <laughs> she goes immediately to the frozen section. I'm sure Shauna helped her get there. And begins to circle. Emily was there watching and begins to circle three toys on one page. And I think Emily was trying to say as a good parent, that's enough. That's good. That will give nana we call shauna nana an idea of what you might like for christmas and shiloh of course looks at emily like really that's it and then looks at nana well can can i turn the page and look at some other stuff and you know what happened you know paid pay, i don't know how many things are circled i'm gonna have to get a second mortgage on my home if we buy all that stuff <laughs> I I think you see where this is going. Jesus says to his disciples, guys, I'm just trying to teach you how to pray here. And I want you to know, disciples, that some of you, you know, you get this father thing, you know how to provide good gifts for your own children. And he says, man, y'all are not even close. You're not even close. Because you're invited to go to your daddy, your heavenly father who knows how to give you so much better than what you even know how to give your own kids. So we start our, you you can see what I'm saying. When you praise God, you can praise God just when Jesus says, I want you to pray, Father, Daddy. You, You can praise God in that. So we praise God for who he is, for this amazing opportunity to commune with him in prayer. Then secondly, the R in the acrostic pray, repent. Well, this shouldn't shock any of you that in your prayer time, the, the, the Lord's Prayer says this, and forgive us our debts, forgive us our sins as we have forgiven our debtors. So you will take time in your prayer closet to repent of sin, to ask for forgiveness, to listen, to ask God, God, would you show me if there's any unconfessed sin in my life today? And then you repent. Well, what does repentance mean? Repentance means there's, there's a change happening in your heart. And so that's what that looks like to repent, to ask for forgiveness. You're like, is that really important? Do I really have to do that? How important is it for me to do that when I pray? Well, if you go back to the Matthew text, here again, it's not coincidence. As soon as Jesus tells us, this is how I want you to pray, the very next thing he says, look at this, Matthew 6, 14, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, your Father will not forgive you your sins, repentance. It's a part of what we're called to. So we pray, we repent, and then the A in the acrostic pray is ask. Ask. God, today, Lord, I'm I'm asking for you to provide for me. Think about what the Lord's Prayer says. God, I'm asking you, give me this very day. God, would you give me my daily bread today? God, today I'm asking you to keep me away from temptation. God, I'm asking you today that you would deliver me from evil. And then if you go back to the Luke text, I know I'm going back and forth. and This is beautiful. This is beautiful. If you go back to that Luke text, remember, Jesus says also in Luke, here's how I want you to pray. Then the disciple, he, I guess he realizes the disciples, they're not understanding. So he gives some parables. He gives some examples of how to pray. Look, look at what Jesus said on the hills of trying to help the guys understand. He also said to them, here, here it is. Suppose one of you has a friend And goes to him at midnight. So you paint this picture. You're at home. You're at home, okay? It's midnight. You're in the bed. You're asleep. And all of a sudden, the friend comes over to your house. Lend me three loaves of bread, buddy. Because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I don't have anything to offer him. So let's just time out. Make sure you get this. You're at home. You're comfortable. You're in bed. You're asleep. And now your friend is coming over at midnight. They're knocking on your door. Hey, I got guests coming in town. They're unexpected. I didn't know what was happening. I need to give them something to eat. What you got in your pantry? Help a brother out. That's where we're at. Then you, you're going to answer that person from the inside. I'll come pin cozy in your bed, you know. You're going to say, don't bother me. (laughs) I know you're my friend, but don't bother me. The door's already locked. And my children and I, we've all gone to bed. Now, before you think, oh, that's weird. What? Back in the day, it was everybody lived in a one-room home. There was one bed, one pallet, and everybody's just like, hey, you know, it's, it's family bedtime. We're all asleep. And you would say, I can't get up to give you anything. Can't this wait till tomorrow morning? Look what Jesus says. Oh, but I tell you. Even though he won't get up and give him anything because he is his friend, watch this. Yet because of his friend's shameless boldness, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. Friends, just take a time out if this isn't connecting. Jesus has just said, here's how I'm teaching you to pray. A part of teaching you how to pray is to pray by asking. Jesus gives this story. He says, part of asking, learn the lesson from your friend's shameless boldness. So I say to you, Jesus continues, verse 9. So I say to you, that's why you need to ask. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find Knock, and the door will be open to you for everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks the door will be opened this is, this is clear it's black and white, it's as plain as day. Scripture teaches Jesus teaches we're to come to him asking here's what I fear I've done way too often in my own life God and I'm, I'm so hesitant to come before the Lord to cry out daddy to shameless to shamelessly have boldness to ask to, to instead of to like <laughs> ow that hurt okay <laughs> but to knock on the door until somebody gets out of the bed to answer me. Yeah, that door to door salesman. Just relentless, bold. They're gonna knock. Even though you got that ring doorbell camera thing, they're just gonna keep on knocking. And yet, isn't that with clarity how Jesus is saying, I want you to come and I want you to ask? That's what I see. And so our Father tells us where to come in prayer asking. So we come. Praising, we come repenting, we come asking, and then finally we come, why? Yielding. Scripture teaches us in the Lord's Prayer to yield to God in our prayers. Well, what do you mean? Think about it. God, I yield to the fact that we're praying that your kingdom would come. God, I yield to the truth that your will would be done on this earth as it is in heaven. Father God, our our prayer is that we would yield to you, that all things would be done for your glory, that your kingdom plans, Lord, would come to fruition. Father God, it can't be any more of my selfish ways of living, but show me daily, Lord, how to yield, how to surrender everything to you. And so, man, what are your next steps? The very last thing I want to happen today in the sermon on prayer is to like, guilt trip you, or make you feel like you don't measure up, but, but to help you to get to this place where you can simply answer some questions when you think about what's next. What, okay, God, out of what we've talked about today, out of the truth of God's scripture, what, what needs to happen next in my life? God, is it today that you just want me to identify a designated place to become my prayer closet? Maybe that's it. God, is it that today you want me to just identify a specific time to begin to be more intimate and intentional in my prayer? I know that many of you in this room, this year, you've been able to start a daily Bible reading plan. And so maybe you have already incorporated prayer into that. Maybe you haven't. You could partner those two together, possibly. Or or what about this question? Maybe you're realizing you're, you're so stretched that what today is about is to say, Lord, show me this week what I can lay down. God, what can I possibly let go of to redeem some time for me to spend more time in prayer? I, I never, I never want to think that things are coincidental when you're preparing sermons and uh, I, I got to go to this awesome conference Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, got back just in time for the trunk retreat. So on Friday, I, I, I stayed home, and it was quiet at our house, and it was peaceful, and I'm sitting in the recliner, had my Bible, my laptop, working on this sermon, and I just look over there on the wall, look on the wall in my living room across from where I was sitting. And you guys have probably noticed, you know, we, you go to Hobby Lobby into all the artwork and the pictures and I feel like half of them are like Bible quotes. You know, you probably have them on the walls of your home. They're in the walls of my home. We got them on the walls of the church office. And whether you're buying that stuff at Hobby Lobby or you're seeing something on Pinterest, or if you're really good, you like make it yourself. But, but I just looked over there. I'm like, would you look at that? Would you look at that? And there it was. It's been on the wall for at least a year. I referenced it when I invited you to pray with me at the beginning of the sermon. Be still and know that I am God. Be still. For some of us, man, just getting beyond those first two words. And know that I am God. And see, you can commune with your Father in in quiet intimacy with Him without even verbally praying. He he knows your heart. And as you meditate on Scripture, He'll he'll lead you, I believe, in, in directions to pray certain things. But whatever it is God is stirring up in you and saying to you, and I know this acrostic is very simple. But I think for some of us, it's an easy way to remember what prayer is all about. And I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you in that. I want to encourage you to continue to participate in the next 21 days of prayer. And and today I'm asking you to just identify one thing. One thing. What, What is the takeaway that God is leading you to in your prayer life? Let's pray together now. Thanks, God, for today. God, I think, I think the, the thing you've overwhelmed me with the most this week and looking at this text is the reminder that I'm invited to come to you to call you daddy. To realize the incredible, unconditional love you have for me, the way you provide, it's so much more than my mind can comprehend. And God, I have to believe when I think about this and you instruct us to call you daddy, for some of us, that's just hard because of the experiences we've had in this life. Maybe we have a a horrific relationship with our earthly dad. And so we get hung up on all of that. and We can't get past that. Oh, but Father God, I believe the beauty of the gospel and the beauty of what you desire for all of us is to be rescued from all of that. To intimately know you in a way like we've perhaps ever been known on this earth to this day. And so we want to run to that and rest in that and hold on to that. God, for some of us, I don't don't know, Lord. I don't don't know exactly what needs to happen to change the ways we live. To get rid of some of the distraction and the loudness and, and all the things that happen God, we're working and we're raising kids and, and we're trying to keep up a household and a business and a job and relationships and friendships and it's just a lot. And so, God, I believe, again, part of today is what do we, what do we need to lay down? What can we lay down in order to redeem more time with you? God, help us, grow us, make us better, make us people who believe in prayer and who participate in prayer. God, uh, as I referenced at the beginning of this little sermon today, there are three categories of people here. Some have known you for a long time. Some, some are new believers. And God, there are some today who they really know that you're drawing God themselves to follow you they can't deny it they don't really understand it but God I pray that even in this moment of prayer God your spirit would overwhelm those in this room with the truth that they are unconditionally loved and that you love them so much you were willing to send your son to the cross And God, through what happened at the cross with your son, Jesus Christ, we have hope. We have forgiveness of sin. We've been redeemed by the blood. God, I thank you that it didn't stop there. God, we celebrate today because your son, Jesus, overcame that death. And after being placed in a borrowed grave three days later, Lord, he was resurrected. And so he now is on the throne, King of kings, Lord of lords. Thank you. We praise you. We have this opportunity to intimately know you. Even times like this, we take for granted, overwhelmed by what it means to to talk to you. Oh God, grow us in all of this. Show us your ways more and more each day. And let us be obedient to respond as you lead us. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Well, thanks again for listening to the Hope Fellowship Church podcast. If you're interested in becoming more connected at Hope Fellowship Church, please visit hope615.com slash connected.